O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The True God, One in Three, and Three in One. O come, let us worship Him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is His also. It is His, and He made it, and His hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him.
ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Make me not the reproach of the foolish. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The ransomed of the Lord shall return, and come to Zion with songs, and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. The Old Testament lesson for the last Sunday after Trinity is written in the 65th chapter of the book of the prophet Isaiah, beginning at the 17th verse. Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things will not be remembered nor come into mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a delight, and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people, and the voice of weeping and the voice of crying will be heard in her no more. No more will there be an infant who only lives a few days, nor an old man who has not filled his days. For the child will die one hundred years old, and the sinner, being one hundred years old, will be accursed. They will build houses and inhabit them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They will not plant and another eat. For the days of my people will be like the days of a tree, and my chosen will long enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor in vain, nor give birth for calamity, for they are the offspring of the Lord's blessed, and their descendants with them. It will happen that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. The lion will eat straw like the ox. Dust will be in the serpent's food. They will not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God.
The epistle is written in the fifth chapter of the first epistle to the Thessalonians, beginning at the first verse. But concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need that anything be written to you. For you yourselves know well that the day of the Lord comes like a thief in the night. For when they are saying, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come on them, like birth pains on a pregnant woman. Then they will in no way escape. But you, brothers, aren't in darkness, that the day should overtake you like a thief. You are all children of light and children of the day. We don't belong to the night, nor to darkness. So then let's not sleep, as do the rest, but let's watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep in the night, and those who are drunk, are drunk in the night. But since we belong to the day, let's be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God didn't appoint us to wrath, but to the obtaining of salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore exhort one another and build each other up, even as you also do. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. She shall be brought unto the king in raiment of needlework. The virgins, her companions that follow her, shall be brought unto thee. With gladness and rejoicing shall they be brought. They shall enter into the king's palace.
Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. Those who were foolish, when they took their lamps, took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Now, while the bridegroom delayed, they all slumbered and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, What if there isn't enough for us and you? You go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. While they went away to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins also came, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Most certainly, I tell you, I don't know you. Watch, therefore, for you don't know the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Here ends the Gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wake up, flee from evil, flee into Christ. Again, that's our Lord's message for these end times before his return. And he tells us this because the end will be sudden, because he will return as our king, and because, as our Lord emphasizes today, it will be final. And to proclaim how it's final, our Lord tells us this parable, how the kingdom is like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. So then as day becomes night and the end draws near, these virgins take their lamps. And had you seen these virgins, you wouldn't have been able to distinguish between them. Our Lord says that they are virgins. By that he means they lived virtuously. They lived chaste in word and deed. They were sober in temperament and drink. They were kind, patient, humble, diligent. They loved and lived charitably at home, in their towns, in their churches. They carried their lamps and they let their lights shine. And that's all you would have noticed during their lives, that the light shines and glows. Seeing them during the day or falling asleep at night, you'd have discerned no difference between these ten young ladies. But where we see only appearances and outward works, our Lord sees the heart. 
and he is able to discern a difference. So he says five are foolish, five are wise. And not wise in the sense of a high IQ or book smarts, but they were shrewd, clever. Our Lord discerns their hearts as they take their lamps with them. Because he sees late in the day that five take with them no oil at all, and five take not just one flask, but flasks of oil with them. So with or without oil, the ten wait for the bridegroom and they fall asleep. And this is not the type of sleep that we talked about for the past couple weeks. That type of sleep the Lord warns us from. He says, wake up. It's the sleep of spiritual gluttony and laziness. Instead, this sleep in the parable is different. It's the slumber of death, physical death. Because the, re- the parable tells this reality. We Christians live in the last day. Our Lord will return at any moment. And as we know that and as we wait... What we also know is that there's only one generation that will actually be alive to see him return. The rest of us, if we're not part of that generation, we will fall asleep. We'll fall asleep waiting. We will die. And in that way, the parable tells us that death, like the Lord's return, can happen at any moment for us. But in the parable, this then is how they fall asleep, having lived virtuous lives, which is all that we can see. But our Lord sees five have no oil and five have an abundance of oil, which only the Lord sees. The difference can only be seen by us. The difference in the hearts of the virgins can only be seen by us when the cry of the bridegroom comes. Because that's the only time that we see that the five foolish ones get into a panic. They beg others for their oil. That's then when we'll see that the five shrewd ones have enough oil for themselves, but not for anyone else. We'll see the foolish race off to get oil from the dealers as the bridegroom comes and will be nowhere to be found when he arrives. And so this parable revolves around one very simple thing, and that is oil. And it's that one simple thing that divides the wise and the foolish. That makes the difference between if you enter the bridal bridal chambers or are locked outside of it. The only difference is oil. Why such a big difference over something so simple? Well, consider this. As we begin to live in the evening of this last day, as evening comes upon us, as darkness of the end's night approaches, what makes your lamp shine? What do you depend on to make your lamp shine? For the wise... They depended solely on the oil from the dealers to make their lamps shine. Now, the oil is not made 
from the deal. It's not made by the dealers. The dealers are merely distributors, stewards of the oil. No, the oil comes only from our Lord Christ crucified. He is the light. He is the light that hung high upon the cross. He is the light that shined in the deep darkness there on the cross as the end came. The glory of his light showed brilliantly before all people in the brilliance of his sacrificial humility. The oil of the shrewd comes from the cross. The oil is the Holy Ghost which our Lord gave up as he bowed his head and breathed his last. The oil comes from his pierced side in the never-ending stream of the water and blood. That's what fills their lamps. That is the oil upon which the wise depended. They went to their dealers, that is, their pastors. For pastors who like to think a lot of themselves, we're nothing more than dealers. But they go to their pastors. They go to gather around Christ crucified and to receive all the abundance of oil. They receive flasks of oil, which he died to give to them and to us. There they received oil from the font where the blood of Christ continues to fill their lamps. There in church from their pastors, they received oil from the word that was preached where the Holy Spirit and the Word filled their lamps. There they received the body and blood of Christ at the altar, given to them in abundance. Here they have forgiveness, life, and salvation. That's what keeps their lamps full. That's what fills their flasks with oil. And they have so much an abundance of it that their light continues to shine even when they die. They receive their oil by coming to the gathering, by coming to church. So then, having their lamps of faith filled with the oil of the Spirit and the Word, their lamps never stopped burning. But the light that burned in their lamps was not their own. The light that burned in their lamps was the light of Christ, which was illuminated, which shone, which shines even in their graves. That's the wise. That's what they depended on to make their light shine. The foolish, however, thought they didn't need oil to make their lamps glow. The wise virgins, they lived virtuous lives because they depended on the oil they received. But the foolish virgins, they lived virtuous lives for a, differently, for a different reason. It's because they believed by their own virtues and works and reputation that they could create in themselves enough needed to make their own lamps burn. They wanted to make their own lamps burn by themselves. They wanted their own lights to shine. And this happens in two ways. If you look at the large catechism under the third commandment, it lists out two ways that the oil runs out. The first type of foolish virgins that we talk about are those who consider receiving oil as just one very small aspect of their living their busy lives. These type of people will go to church at times when they're able or feel like they're able. But like weeds, everything else in life rises above it and takes precedence, whether it's sports or activities or work or sleeping in, whatever. 
until those weeds grow to the point where they choke out church. Where coming to receive oil starts to become to be seen as no longer needed. So that the oil, once received long ago, slowly runs out until their lamps, lamps stop shining when the bridegroom comes. And the other type of foolish virgin is perhaps even more dangerous. These are the virgins of false piety, as our large catechism calls it. These are those who seemingly honor their parents, live charitably and chaste, are diligent in their vocations, come to church regularly, but they refuse even there in their hearts to receive the oil offered. Rather than rely on their baptism or rely on the word or the supper, they rely on their virtue. Rather than hear the word, they rely on their works. Rather than recognize what's in this supper, they see receiving it as their own work, not as Christ forgiving them. They come to church week after week, but they know no more about the faith at the end of the year than at the beginning because they refuse to hear. They refuse to receive the oil. And so they become drowsy and sleep, believing they can make their own light shine until the bridegroom comes. Those are the two types, the wise and the foolish. And so our Lord speaks of these two sets of virgins to give us this warning. Watch. You don't need to panic. But we should be diligent and urgent in always receiving the Lord's oil. Because when you look at the end of this story, it is final. How you fall asleep, how you die with or without oil, that is final. Even if that finality is not seen or felt until the announcement of the bridegroom is heard, the finality of our deaths is also the finality of the last day. So our Lord says, watch. That is, wake up, flee from evil, flee to him for oil. Because those with oil will enter into the bridal chamber with the bridegroom. They're the church, the bride, that enters into eternity with her husband. But for those without oil, the cry will be, Lord, Lord, open, us, open up to us. And his response will be, from the other side of the door, truly I say to you, I do not know you. And that will be it. There is nothing else. That will be final. So then our Lord says, watch, wake up. Stop letting everything else in life crowd out your coming to church. Stop foolishly thinking that anything else in life is on the same level as receiving oil from your Lord. Stop thinking that church is a priority instead of the priority. Because there is nowhere else that you can receive this oil. There is no other light that you can shine on the last day but Christ alone. In fact, don't, don't just come to church when you can. Start demanding more chances to receive the oil. Start asking for more divine services. Start taking advantage of confession and absolution, and so on. Demand the opportunity to fill as many flasks of oil as you possibly can. 
But still, even at this warning of our Lord, how often do we make excuses not to come to church, not to come get the oil? Especially when someone slights or offends us at church, we tell ourselves we're not going back there sometimes because someone hurt us. And while it's true that we are sinned against, do you really think it's wise to stop coming to church, to stop receiving the oil because of another's sin? Will you really let your lamp run dry because of someone else's sin? Or because something at church didn't go your way? Or maybe because, which often happens, you don't want to forgive those who sinned against you. Will you really let your oil run dry because you don't want to forgive your brother? Because you'd rather hold on to a grudge? Because you don't want this free-flowing oil to come to him as well? But Christ says, repent of all of that and come and receive his oil. He says, wake up, flee from evil, forgive each other, flee to Christ, flee to this altar and receive his oil. Let us do that today because in a mere moment he will return and when he does, it will be final. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Absolve, we beseech you, O Lord, your people from their sins, that from the bonds of our sins, which by reason of our frailty we have brought upon us, we may be delivered by your bountiful goodness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that in good and honest hearts we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the legislature of this state, and to all our judges and magistrates, 
and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, 
that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen.